For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of Millennial Money. And we got a special guest today. We got Andre Jick. Hey, guys. What's up? I'm Andre. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate this. You're welcome. Well, no, just kidding. But uh, Andre's not able to make it today. But we will be able to call him uh, shortly to get his thoughts on Bitcoin just crashing. Ooh. And we also got a lot of crypto crashing. In fact, UST. Have you heard of this? Yep. Terra Luna. Yep. Jerry, have you... Seen I've Terra? seen it, but I don't. I haven't looked into it enough to understand it. Can you the not so stable stable coin hey, right. has it's, run its, its course. It's bad. You, um, I don't. I don't fully understand the complexities with exactly how it works. But UST is supposed to be a stable coin, so its value is pegged one to one to the US dollar. So you buy in a dollar should always be worth a dollar. Kind of right? like, like tether. tether. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, when Bitcoin began to decline, okay. the other currency pegged to it, what is it, Terra Luna, mm -hmm. um, plummeted, and the stable coin value went as low as 67 cents. <gasps> so you have a, a $1 stable coin that within 24 hours plummeted to 67 cents. Right now it's like 93 cents, 94 cents. Oh it's still gosh. not pegged back to the dollar. Now some people have called it a Ponzi because basically when you buy in $1 uh, UST, you're getting a portion of their Terra Luna cryptocurrency that's supposed to buy enough of it to bring the price back up to a dollar. So it's always stable. Okay. I don't get how it works, but it's like this algorithm that's supposed to be keeping it at a dollar and that yeah. has failed. Wow, that's insane. And so the theory is, I guess, they're selling off Bitcoin to somehow make up the difference um, to get it back to a dollar? I think they hold reserves in Bitcoin. I, I've honestly, I've, I've spent 10 minutes looking into okay. this. So I, I I'm missing a lot of the details, so we could call Andre with it shortly. Okay. But my understanding is they had Bitcoins in reserves. I think 37,000 Bitcoin that they had to sell just to help recover some of the price, and that put a lot of downward pressure on Bitcoin. Wow. I can't see how these just aren't Ponzi's. I mean, let's be real here. <laughs> the, the whole the whole stablecoin, I'm sure there's some legit ones. Like, I think USDC, people are pretty happy about. Yeah. I don't use Until any of them. when, though, right? Like you, the, the, the T one, it yeah. already broke, right? Yeah, that one broke. So isn't it just a matter of time until the other ones do too? Well, and I feel like also no, to see yeah. one that was as prominent as that, cause that was like the 11th biggest market Correct. cap cryptocurrency. If that can fail, I feel like that just puts a lot of fear in the other people that are holding the other stable coins. And yeah. what if they all sell yeah. and put selling pressure so, on it? Two differences. Uh, well, one main difference, uh, this one, UST is an algorithm, uh, stable coin. So it's an algorithm that keeps the price at a dollar and pegged to that. Mm -hmm. The other ones are backed by uh, backed by reserves, allegedly. Mm. But we have no idea what those reserves are. But those, so it's like an algorithm or reserves that, who knows what it is. I think the whole thing is just pro probably illegitimate. Wow. Probably all, you know, I'm, but people have been saying that for years about Tether. And yeah. No. Could could last a long time. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, let me ask you this because you yeah. you feel uh, it sounds like you're a little uh, aggressive against uh, kind of the, your feelings on this. And you mentioned Ponzi and things like that. With you having a significant amount of money in Bitcoin now, does this scare you at all? I have like seven percent in Bitcoin. So, well, well no, it's probably like six. 
not in the big not in the big picture. I mean, if 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 it were to go to zero, it would suck. But I don't have enough where I would lose sleep over that. Okay. I mean, but losing six percent would be horrible. But it's you know. Yeah. But but the S and P is down fifty to fifteen percent. I'm not yeah. like losing it yeah. over that. So it's I, like, what's another six? <laughs> what's another? Six? What's another six? <laughs> no, really. If it's down, if I lose six percent of my portfolio because Bitcoin goes to zero. Okay. Oh, well. Okay, know? so, yeah. but I think other people are kind of concerned, like, if Bitcoin goes to, I mean, zero is a lot, I don't lot, think it's going right? to go to zero, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, 15K or 20K or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Now, are you a bigger buyer if that situation kind of I bought more. I, okay. I've certainly, I've certainly been, oh, I dollar cost average into yeah. Bitcoin and Ethereum, but yeah. certainly when I see large drops, I'm, I'm more, you know, likely to invest a little more, whereas, you know, maybe... In, in a normal circumstance, I'd, I'd throw like 5K in every now and then. Maybe this time it's like 8K. Yeah. Now, Jack, do you have any money invested in Bitcoins? Uh, yeah, it's very quickly becoming less and less. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I initially probably had like, I don't know, 8% of my portfolio in Bitcoin yeah. and Ethereum. Okay. Just like half and half between the two. Yeah. Uh, but that's going down at a faster rate than everything else. So it's <laughs> yeah, less than well. 8% now. <laughs> yeah. The nutty thing is I've, uh, CNBC had a headline that said that 40% of cryptocurrency holders now were underwater. Yeah. 40%. Yeah. Well, see, and this um, yeah. is the interesting moment. And I, I, I think I brought this up in past episodes. The moment when people aren't making money and they're losing money and what, how do people react in that scenario? Because it's so easy, as we all know, it's so easy when, a, when something's going up, everybody can hold it. It's like, oh, I make money, I make money. It's so easy, but when it starts going down and then you're underwater and you're down on that, can you still hold in that sort of market, right? And um, I think we're just gonna find out, you know, uh, mm-hmm. who's really got the diamond hands and who's not. Well, I think it's just don't invest so much where you put yourself in a position of just like financial hardship if that were to go down. That's why it's not a good, that's why nobody ever says go all in, Bitcoin, Ethereum, this is it. Mm-hmm. It's better to keep that as a small part of your portfolio and just diversify. One thing I was thinking about that I found kind of interesting is you have a lot of new investors in the market and yeah. they're doing the riskier stuff for sure. Like that's mm-hmm. what's became popular. When they all lose a bunch of their money, do you think that they have the level of education and in investing to like go back to the basic investing principles and invest in index funds? Or do you think that they're going to be scared away and then just no longer be investors? Ooh, that's a good question. A lot of Gen, Zen, Gen Z. <sighs> yeah, I think you're going to get a, a little mixture of both. Um, what we do know is every single time you have like a crash scenario, bear market, you have uh, a certain amount of folks that just move to the safest side possible. And they're like, ah, I shouldn't have been doing that. And so naturally, it seems like everybody wants to go to the safer side. And then those folks also guide like the next generation of investors. Hey, this is the way you got to do it. You know, just invest in index funds. Like right now, it's huge movement toward index funds, right? Because mm-hmm. index funds look look pretty darn good, right? Uh, mm-hmm. At least they've held up pretty well compared to a lot of stocks. Like for instance, Upstart stock fell 55% yesterday. Uh, I was looking at this other stock 61% down in a day. Like that's insane, right? And so there was a huge movement toward the riskier assets, Bitcoin, growth stocks, things like that. Now there's this kind of reversion to, oh, you should be in index funds. Uh, you know, and, and that's going to play out like that. But the interesting thing is, you know, you look at 07 through 09, index funds were not safe. You know, all those fell 50 plus percent when it was all said and done. I think the Russell was down like 60%. S&P 500 was down like 54%. So 
it's it's a little I, I would say don't don't throw stones because uh you know eventually yeah well <laughs> you know, I think it was like forty fall. I think it was forty one no percent oh in oh seven oh nine yeah at the trough it was over fifty four percent yep and the Russell was like sixty okay. percent from peak to trough sure. so peak of yeah. uh, summer oh seven to the trough of I think March of two thousand sure. So I have the specific numbers if you guys want me. To you know what the funny thing is? I have the specific numbers in my phone. Okay. But I'm confu- I know I'm confusing it with something else. I think it was like 56 Okay. Yeah. Well, the March yeah. of 2021, I think that was 35% yeah. 22 trading days or something like that. That was pretty intense. But um, yeah, so naturally some folks will go back to being safe, right? Because a lot of people have been hurt. Options. Oh my gosh. You know, Wall Street bets, that whole movement. The option people have gotten decimated. I mean, absolutely decimated. Like, you know, 99% down. You know, because they went heavy, put like, let's say they have $40,000 in their account. They put that in 2021 into all these option plays that just haven't worked out. They're down 99%. But now I will say this, though. Very few people, like, I feel are going to be, in index funds at least, are going to be down 40%, Mm -hmm. even 50%. Because that would assume they bought in at the peak and then didn't make a single investment for the following year or two. Realistically, they're buying consistently on the way up. They're buying consistently on the way down. They're probably seeing a 20, 25, which Mm -hmm. is still a decent amount. But I I just feel like index funds are only more popular just because of social media and the whole investing craze throughout the last four years has just, I, I guess, given more access to people. To make yeah. those decisions, no, for sure. And there's a big question of if index funds are the are the right way or wrong way. And obviously, they look better in the grand scheme of things. But also, if you're just passively investing, is that necessarily a healthy thing? And that's yeah. a that's a subject no one ever discusses, right? I think it's why wouldn't it be a healthy well, thing? Well, think about it. Would you you know would you do that necessarily in real estate? Yeah, you would buy a you just a buy REIT. any house. You would buy well. You would buy a REIT. You're not, but that's the same thing as just picking a random stock. It would be like imagine if I'm betting on the entire U.S. housing market. Yeah, yeah. Then absolutely. Okay. But if we're if we're just like throwing a dart on a board and saying oh, I'm going to buy this one specific random house, then no. Mm. But to bet on the entire market as a whole, I do think is a good thing. The, okay. the dangerous part, I think, would be voting rights. Um, but then again, I, I don't know that many people who vote on stocks. Yeah, the, the problem, though, is that money's not evenly distributed around when you in, invest passively. Um, so this imagine if you did this in the real estate market, like the money would go to like the 500 most expensive homes or something like that. And that money doesn't go to the other homes, or you know. And so I don't know if that's healthy because that just might cause those specific but, homes to get much it, more overvalued and the other ones to be much But the more other ones like the small caps and the fintech companies have been overvalued which generally aren't included yeah. in the indexes. But I would say yeah. as companies do better they become more valuable and the allocations are going to change over mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So what might be number 1 right now could be number 6 in the future. Mm-hmm. Just like Netflix came up it was like six or it was in top 10 yeah. and then it dropped back down now it's on like the second page of, of <laughs> that page, yeah. uh, but you could also invest in equally weighted funds which yeah. arguably i think are when you when you look at equally weighted funds they typically have more volatility but they'll also have a slightly higher return yeah What's an equally small, weighted fund uh so like you know for an index fund the top I think it's the top like 10 companies get like 30% oh, of the investment. Yeah. Well, imagine inve- you invest $100 and an equal amount of that goes to all the So companies. there are 20 companies and it's 5% of each company or something. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the math behind that is that the smaller companies have more upside for growth faster, mm-hmm. but they're more risky. So you have a lot more volatility. Yeah. So short term, they go down a lot more, they go up a lot more. Mm-hmm. I, th- I also think that pa- uh, passively being able to invest in something like an index fund brings it to uh, available to people who 
don't really have an interest in it, but want to be invested. Um, because at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing is investing um, mm-hmm. and, and getting into the game. So I think I think having that option for most people is probably more than than okay. That's a great that's a great point, Alex. Yeah, it's better to be invested than, than not invest in anything. So and it's amazing how like, you know, the market switches so quickly. So Kathy Wood, for instance, you know, was obviously beloved and now the ARC fund's down like seventy five percent. Yeah. You know, and um and when you're in a bear market, you, you, the stock pickers, the one picking out individually stocks, get the hate, right? And it's like, see, that's why you don't stock pick right there. Look at that. Your stock just went down, da, da, da. The index is only down this. But then when you're in a bull market, everybody looks at the stock pickers and like, oh, my gosh, they're so smart. Look at how much money they're making. They're killing the market and things like that. And I looked at uh, ARC uh, over the past five years because yeah. Kathy would always, obviously always talks about five years. And uh, ARC has now underperformed the S&P 500 over the past five years which is intriguing because, you know, she wants to always obviously be graded on a five-year basis. And so to now be underperforming the S&P 500 over the last five years is obviously not a good You know, look. it's also interesting, Berkshire Hathaway is oh. outperforming the S&P again. Yeah. Throughout, uh, what was it, 18, 19, 20, 21, yep. everyone said that he lost his edge. He was getting too old. Yep. And uh, he missed out on tech stocks. How much of those decisions for Berkshire Hathaway are really being made by him, though? I don't know. Uh, that's a good I'm question. not a smart guy. Yeah. I, I'm not very akin yeah. to this. But I feel like at that age, you know, like realistically, there should be some checks and balances of people making the executive yeah, decisions. So, so at know. Berkshire, yeah. there's there's two gentlemen that run a lot of the money now. One's named Todd. One is is named uh, Ted. Ted and Todd. Ted and Todd. Ted, yeah. Todd and Ted. <laughs> Seriously. Ted Todd. And these guys, these guys run a lot of Berkshire's money in terms of the money that's invested in stocks. Now, Big Buffett's still making the big deals. So if there's like some $30 billion acquisition, he's the man behind that. Mm-hmm. He's still running that show. And that's what he's focused on is trying to find the next huge deal. But as far as like the smaller investments, which smaller for them is like a $2 billion investment. He lets Todd and Ted because that's not really mm-hmm. worth his time. It's like, that's only a billion dollars. It's like not even worth my time. So um, yeah, it's interesting kind of how they run their business. But it, you bring up great point, Graham, because they were getting so much hate for a while there. It's like, oh, you know, he lost his touch and like, look at him. And now all of a sudden doing so well. And it just shows you like, you know, these folks can be cast away, can be laughed at. And then all of a sudden a year or two later, they're, they're heroes. Kathy Wood, for instance, she's like, you know, the one that everybody makes fun of right now, right? Because uh, she's getting killed. A year or two from now, she might be like, everybody might be like, wow, look at Kathy Wood. Look at the ARC fund. It's up. 70% from the lows or whatever, you know, and it, it changes mm. quick. That's mm. the biggest thing I've noticed in the market. Things change quick. It's going to take a lot to rebound that, though, and to get it to the point where it's where it's above the S&P. To yeah. go down 75% yeah, in order to get back lot. to where you were, you need to go up like 500 yeah. or something ridiculous. I don't know, 300, yeah. 400, you know? Almost. It's a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if we could see prices come back to those levels anytime mm. soon. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't know. I yeah. mean, maybe because that's the thing is I, I have no I have no clue. Yeah. And some the of coin those, toss on yeah, some, of, these, some yeah. of those stocks. It's definitely dangerous. Remember the MSTR stock, um, the one Michael Saylor, who obviously got a really big name in, in the Bitcoin community because he's a Bitcoin bull. Um, he he uh, leveraged up this this company very heavily MicroStrategy with Bitcoin. Right. And uh, I even played the stock for a little amount of time when I wanted some Bitcoin exposure and um, then got out of it, thank goodness, because that stock's a disaster. And now they're over leveraged Bitcoin. Bitcoin keeps falling. That entire company could be in jeopardy of 
of like going out of business and having to sell massive amount of Bitcoin. And they own the most Bitcoin <laughs> of uh, anybody oh, that's a public company. I, I heard that. So it's I think it's twenty thousand. I think if Bitcoin hit twenty one thousand, they'd have to put up additional money. Mm, that's okay. what it was. So they, they they're not in any risk, but they did make it clear that if twenty one thousand, they put additional collateral. Ooh, okay. That's what it was. Yeah, they, I'm telling you, they don't have a lot, a lot of extra collateral at the company. Like, the whole collateral is pretty much their Bitcoin position. So, I don't know. That's where it gets into messy. And with crypto, here's the thing. And I think this is the most the craziest thing about crypto is um, FTX US, the sponsor of today's video. That's the craziest thing about crypto. We appreciate FTX for sponsoring today's video, as always. Uh, no, what is it? 85% uh, lower fees. <laughs> what, what is it? Grab, Jeremy, take it away. Take it away. Zero fees on FTX. <laughs> what is it? What is it? 85% less than the top competitors. <laughs> Sam Bakeman freed it it's a CEO. He donates 99% yeah, yeah. of what he personally makes to charities. Wow. <laughs> that's impressive. Hold on. Uh, we should just call Andre right now. Andre, you making any moves with Bitcoin being down? Are you, you buying or are you, you just kind of so, holding? So uh, I'm still dollar cost averaging about $1,000 a day. Um, but I know it's basically at Graham's cost basis around 30K. I think that's when you got in, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to load the boat until we're probably in the 20s, which... I know people say that Bitcoin can't fall below its, you know, previous all-time high, but with crypto, never say never, and things could fall to insanely low levels. You just never know. So plan for the worst, I guess. And for me, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a ton if we get into the twenties, and especially below twenty, we which we could definitely go. So I will say that. Did you mention FTX yet? Oh, that's a good segue. All thanks to our sponsor, FTX US. For those not aware, FTX US is one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world in terms of daily users and trading volume, and they got a valuation of roughly $8 billion. Plus, their founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, has pledged to donate about 99% of his personal net worth to charities. Not to mention, they got a crypto debit card that's accepted throughout millions of merchants worldwide, and their fees are up to 85% lower than their top competitors. FTX US is what we personally use for our crypto Exchange. It is a crypto exchange we use for our portfolios. And keeping up with the news on FTX is absolutely amazing, which right now there's a lot of breaking news in regards to the whole entire crypto markets right now. And you gotta buy when crypto. you use our referral code, which is MMFTX, you can get up to $100 in crypto free, which is pretty darn awesome. And you get free crypto on every trade over $10. So guys, um, market uh, has been awful. The NASDAQ, as of one point today, was down 27% year-to-date. Actually, I think it was 28% year-to-date. At one point today, the Russell 2000, uh, down 30% from the highs it reached in November, which is a pretty darn dramatic drop in the indexes. S&P 500 held up decent. Mm -hmm. Dow has held up decent, mainly because oil and gas stocks, Apple, Microsoft have tried to have been holding the show together. But I mean, the devastation out there is insane. Uh, you know, stocks like Shopify, Netflix, PayPal, like you, these are some of the most famous companies in the world, right? They can't find bottoms. Uh, you know, I've, I've never personally seen a market like this other than March of 2020, but things came back so fast in that market that it was like, in a, in a snap of fingers, right? This has been just down and getting worse, and the story just gets worse over like seven months since November. My I gosh. feel like this is normal, though. This is okay. a no, this is a normal bear market. When you look at most mm. bear markets, they last. I don't know. Uh, what, Six to nine months, about. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, this could be a year, and uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised if we go down 40%. I mean, that wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Uh, that would be on par. That would be on average with previous bear markets. So I don't see how this could be any different. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we had yeah. a little bit of a bear market in December of 2018. Um, a bear market is usually considered like 20% drop on the, the indexes. And most people look at the SP 500. So, in December 2018, we fell about 20% on the Dow, mm -hmm. a little over 20% on the S&P, 23% on NASDAQ, and I think it was 27% on the Russell, okay, um, at the lows. Now, in March of 2020, a little worse than that, but that was a really quick drop, and we were yeah. right back up. Uh, and then if we go back prior to that, you really got to go back to the 07, 09. That was over 50% for all the indexes. But once again, that was a little different scenario. We almost lost the financial system. So I think a lot of people are trying to figure out right now, are we in an 07 through 09 where we're going to drop 50% on all the indexes? Or is this a little more along the lines of like a little more of a vicious like December of 2018 um, type crash? 2018 ended 2019 when the Fed decided to lower interest rates. Yeah. Under, under pressure from the president to lower interest rates to stimulate the economy. Yep. And they did. Yep. And everything just bloops, yeah. turned right back around very quickly. Yeah. So a lot of it's on the Fed. The Fed bailed out 2009 as well. The mm -hmm. Fed interjected. And I mean, the housing market was decimated. Yep. But had they not done something, maybe it would have been a lot worse. We don't know yeah. at what point is the Fed going to take action, if any, and how low could this go? I mean, if we yeah. look back, what was, what was it, uh, 3,200 Really, before yeah, COVID, around somewhere there, around yeah. there. I mean, so a 35, 34 S&P would not be shocking to yeah. me. I'd be shocked if it went below three. Yeah. But I would also be just as, uh, I, I could also see inflation coming in way lower than expected this mm -hmm. week. And then all of a sudden the market turns around because, oh, yeah. wow, maybe they're not going to have to do more rate hikes. And maybe they keep it just the same. Yeah, I think anything can happen. It's definitely so yeah. disappointing how addicted to the Fed the market is now. Yes. You know, there's just there's no belief that without the Fed we can't do anything. And I think that's why no one's uh, big money's not rushing to buy stocks right now. And I think the main reason is they're looking at it and they're like, the Fed's not coming to the rescue at the earliest, maybe three months from now, six months from now. In terms of like flipping and reversing course, um, you know, like th th that's still quite a while away. And so th I think that's why big money, because from my understanding, a lot of big money is just not buying right now. And we clearly see it in the price action because if big money was buying, like we wouldn't have this massive sell off. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing it. But the devastation for stocks, you know, s specifically the higher growth names, the more exciting stories, the long term five, 10 year out stories. Those ones are just can't find bottoms anywhere. And it's just it's um, devastating to kind of see, especially from the retail side, because folks are looking at like, let's say a Shopify. Let's just keep it simple. Right. Shopify was one thousand seven hundred dollars a share in November. Right. The stock falls to six hundred dollars. Right. Or, let's not even say 600. When it fell to 800, you're like, dang, the stock is down over 50%. I should buy the stock. It's down over 50%. There's a Shopify after all. And then it drops another 50% and it's at $400, right? From, you know, 50% from 800 to 400. Now it's in the 300s and you could be buying it now in the 300s. And then like, what if it goes to 200s or the hundreds? So that that's the, uh, that's a tough part for the retail crowd, you know, that just see this devastation and just like... <sighs> For me, that, that I don't know that much about all of this stuff, and mm -hmm. it's it's still kind of difficult for me to grasp yeah. why everything is falling at the rate that it is. I understand the whole rate thing and everything, but one thing that I, I want to know is, were these companies overvalued, and now they're kind of just returning to the value that they should be at, or yeah. is just everything a deal right now? Yeah, so definitely a lot of stocks got way overvalued at the end of 2020 and in 2021. You know, that was a, that was a pump market. That was a... 
you know, I even hated making YouTube videos at that time. It was like, you know, I went down to, I think, you know, four videos a week because it was such a pump market, man. And it was just like, oh, um, and everything was just going up insane. It, you could have the worst business model in the world and have no good future and your stock price was still going up. So there's definitely a lot of stocks were overvalued. But now the question is, at least the question I'm asking is how many of these stocks are undervalued now? You know, Shopify just mentioned Netflix is cheaper today than that stock was in like 2017. Like think about all the growth Netflix has had over the years and how much they've improved their income statement and balance sheet and their brand and how much bigger they are now than back then. And now they're even talking about an ad supported uh, product for Netflix, which could be quite intriguing where maybe you don't pay for Netflix or you pay a much smaller fee, maybe two or $3 a month and they show ads on there, right? Which is a big potential. So I think that's kind of the thing is figuring out like maybe these stocks are really good values today. Um, you know, but but I think there's a lot of great values. For instance, the market is so messed up right now, guys. Listen to this. Clorox and Procter and Gamble trade at higher forward P ratios than Facebook and Google. To me, that makes no sense. Like why why should though why should Clorox and, and Coca-Cola trade at higher higher valuations than let's say uh you know Google Google and Facebook? Like there's just you know, we we could make we could make some soda water tonight. We could make some bleach tonight, but we're not making Google tonight. We're not making a you know a YouTube tonight. We're not making Facebook tonight, right? So I just think the market's really out of whack. The market's really panicked. The market's really scared. There's deals everywhere in the market. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. But even though it's like shooting fish in a barrel, it doesn't mean it can't go lower in the short term, and that's what makes it. Um, I guess you can say scary for for investors yeah. out there. I always feel like the low point is going to be when people start <laughs> selling everything. Yeah, and they're just like, you know what, I'm done. Yeah, this is it. It's not. It's not going to get any better. I'm out. When you start seeing those people, yeah, um, waiting on the sidelines, that's the point where I feel like we've hit like the worst. Yeah. So, what is your plan? Right now, what's your plan right now? And then I'll tell you my plan in these really turbulent times. Ooh, okay, Graham, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not changing anything. I mean, I bought okay. yesterday. I bought a little bit more. I've been, if anything, buying a little bit more just because I was buying at higher. I mean, I buy every day, so I, I've been buying at higher numbers throughout the last five months. Mm -hmm. So now it just seems, in comparison, I'm just investing a little bit more. So I don't know, fifteen percent more. Mm -hmm. okay. But I buy on a daily basis. I've been buying a little bit more of the international fund. Uh, just I'm trying to even that out. But um, that's it. I've also thought about potentially uh, doing some tax loss harvesting and moving money out of the individual stocks that I've held since 2020 okay. and then moving that to index funds. I didn't even because, know you had any substantial money still there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I don't know, two, two and a half million. I'm so, oh, something wow. like that. Oh, wow. I had no yeah. clue. What yeah. So okay. yeah, but the index funds is the main portion of that. But I could sell off, and part of me is like, well, do I really want to sell now and put? So I don't know. Yeah. But but I have the option to tax loss harvest on some of those against each other. Just, some of them are down, and then move that to the index. Just to be clear, do you have two and a half million in individual stocks? Yes. Whoa, I, yeah. that's news to me. Good for you. well, I was gonna say good for you, but that's a lot of money. I had no clue. I, a I mean, lot of that was from twenty twenty because okay. that was the time I was buying individual stocks, and the yeah. one I regret was Robinhood. Oh, that was Robin the one. That was that was my one. That's my one pain point where I could look back at that. I mean, you know, every that one is just a stupid. That was a stupid one, but uh, yeah. you know, everyone has a, a stupid play. Well, to be fair, you know. everything in fintech has gotten destroyed. Yeah. There's nothing. 
Square, PayPal, like those are the creme de la cremes, they've been destroyed. Like those stocks are down like 70 plus percent. Affirm is down 80, 90%. Uh, you know, obviously Robinhood's down that much. Coinbase is down 80, oh, yeah, 80% plus uh, from its highs. So every single thing, FinTech related, lending related, uh, just anything in that category has been destroyed. So to be fair, like yeah. you know, it's not like it's just Robin now, and you picked a bad yeah, stock. Yeah, I know. Now, also in fairness, though, there's like 40 individual stocks. Remember, mm -hmm. you looked at through it like a while ago. That's it's right. like a whole bunch. It, it may, I may as well that. be buying the index at that point because it's <laughs> spread out so much. Yeah. But I hate looking at the portfolio and seeing like 40 different things. I would feel better just looking at this and seeing like five. Yeah. And, and that, that being like you know just a S and P international world market. It just five good funds and just call it a day that yeah. would make me just simplify it but that's it i'm not yeah and I'm I buying i think that's yeah. what what's probably most people for me personally my plan aggressive super aggressive right now like uh i'm not holding like any, basically almost any cash other than emergency cash like i'm dumping every penny i possibly can into the market right now into stocks that i love for the next five years uh and the reason i'm so aggressive right now is there's a these years like 2022 <clears throat> what we're going through right now they very rarely come you can't count on the russell falling 30 percent in a matter of seven months like that doesn't just happen so this time period like 2022 i think if you're not being super aggressive i think it's a mistake i really yeah. do my worry though is um and i've said this before with other stocks is when i look at cisco from the dot-com bubble and you see cisco taken was it 12 years, 15 years? Or no, I think it's still trading below what it was at at its peak in 2001. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, I mean, obviously that's not the case for every stock out yeah. there. But I do see that and it worries me that there's nothing that says the valuations have to come back to where they were. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, though, you do look at bull markets and you know people want to own the growth stocks like like in this time period when everybody's scared yeah people don't want growth they're like index funds or cash right but at the end of the day when the market turns it, it throughout history every single time what's the thing that comes back the fastest it's the more speculative stocks and the growth stocks those ones bounce the hardest and a lot of them will go up 50 percent, 100 percent, 200 percent in a matter of months not even in years you saw that in 09 you saw that in march of 2020 um so I'm looking at this year, I'm just a super aggressive buyer. That's my plan. I'm not real estate. I'm not cars, watches, nothing. Stock, stock, stocks. And uh, the lower the market goes, I'm just going to continue to be as aggressive as possible. That's my plan, Jack. So my plan right now <clears throat> is to actually build up a little bit more of a cash position because I had oh. basically all of my money in the stock market. Like mm. I was I was nearly at like account minimums <laughs> before like this thing started tanking and then I had to pay my taxes. So I depleted all of my cash then. Okay. Uh, and now I still have like no cash because especially after taxes. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to build up a cash position to then find another opportunity that I can like go all in on. Because like I said, I was already you know, 95% of my net worth was in investments. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know what? Just build up a little bit more cash because I don't want to keep putting in more money, especially mm -hmm. since I'm not at that level of wealth yet that I should be focusing on being so aggressive in these times. Yeah. Like I should kind of like build up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm just, yeah, I, I will I be investing. But for right now, I think it makes more sense to at least get to the point where it's like, I'm still not 95% invested. Yeah. I agree know? with that. 
I think having 15% of your net worth in cash. Whoa. What, 15%? I, mean, oh, you know, I, I, think, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Especially you own a house. I mean, if yeah, something I happens. Do, I mean, I, I want to be able to capitalize on opportunities yeah. that, that get presented to me, such as like the, the syndication and yeah. random stuff like yeah. that, you know? And I can't do that if I have no cash. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, usually I'm 10 to 30% cash, but I ain't 10 to 30% right now. Like, yeah. I usually preach that. I've broken my own rule now. I'm less than, I'm less than 10%, and I'm going to continue to be less than 10% So it's just this like all the year. income that you're getting from YouTube AdSense, the courses, mm -hmm. everything's just yeah. straight uh, funneled That would stress the, me out. I'd be yeah. so stressed. Yeah. I don't know. My, my threshold now is I need such a big safety net to feel comfortable. Yeah. No, I can understand that. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we play a little bit differently. I'm a little more yeah. aggressive, I definitely yeah. feel like. Um, you know, but then again, you've got a pretty big position in, let's say something like Bitcoin, right? And some people might consider that's uh, dangerous. And, you know, when it comes to crypto, I don't want to take this back to crypto too mm. much, but when it comes to crypto, the interesting thing is if we really go through an 07 through 09 scenario, right? What's going to happen with crypto? There's no, there's nobody really regulating crypto still. And there's really no one there to necessarily save the day. And so that's kind of the little crazy part of crypto. And I think that throws the wild card in this kind of economic devastation we're going through. And if it was to level down and um, I don't know, we've, we've never seen crypto go through uh, um, a real recession. You know, the 2020 situation that was in a real recession, right? That was kind of a fake recession where all of a sudden it was like, oh, you don't have to pay your rent. You don't have to pay your mortgage. Here's stimulus checks. You know, that don't have to pay your student loans. That was not a real recession. Real recessions like, you know, the government's trying to help, but it's it's not like to that level, right? So I don't know. That's going to be interesting to just kind of see how, how crypto does, you know, how Bitcoin does in that sort of scenario. Yeah, I think people have just seen it crash so many times and they're like, oh, it's just another one of these. Don't worry, it's crashed five times and lost 90%. It'll come back. Mm. Based on that, I think a lot of people are carrying that forward and yeah. believing hey, it's happened before. Down 50% is nothing. We've been down more than that. Dude, if, yeah. if Bitcoin was to go down 90%, do you know the amount of videos and, and people talking trash about crypto that's well, going to go I mean, on? But, that, oh but that's, what happened. But that, that's what happened in 2018. It went from yeah. 20,000 down to three. Yeah. And what ended up happening was that a lot of excitement going, excitement, a lot of videos were posted from $20,000 to eight, hovered around eight, and then slow decline, and people just forgot about it. No, I don't want to say they forgot yeah. about it. But it was not mainstream. Yeah, it didn't really do much, mm -hmm. um, and then it slowly made its way back in 2019, 2020, mm -hmm. recovered. But yeah. for a while, a lot of people thought, well, "Well, maybe that was it." Yeah. So I mean, yeah. very well could go back down to those not three. I don't. I'd be shocked. 3, <laughs> yeah, 000, would but, be but I wouldn't be surprised. Twenty five, twenty six, high twenties, low twenties. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, I think for people that have faith long term and they want to take the risk on that, that's a small portion of their portfolio on FTX US. Uh, you know, who knows? Yeah. It's interesting to see everybody allocates differently. The interesting thing with the time period when you're in a contraction period is people get, I would call it more stingy with their money, right? Not just in terms of going out and spending it, but even with like investments, like you're mentioning, Jack, you know, where you might have been more aggressive to the market, but now you're cashing up, right? So you're not a buyer out there necessarily of stocks right now, even though they're falling and they're you know, down 70, 80, 90%. I'm holding, I'm not selling. Yeah. I'm holding. I was just, like I said, like 95%, literally like account minimums, right? Yeah. So that's where I was. I'm like, okay, I shouldn't be at that, especially when it is falling. I should mm -hmm. at least wait because I've already lost a lot. I should at least well, wait until I see some. Would you consider selling Robinhood? 
This this has been a big thing with Jack and oh, I. Oh, what is I, going yeah. on here with Robin Hood? Jack saw me buy Robin Hood at the gym. At the gym. And, and he goes, what's that? And I said, oh, I try to hide it. And, and we have this thing every time Jack buys something that I buy, it goes down. Oh, no. And so this has been the the, the one point. Graham, how much more can it go down, though? <laughs> oh, no, please. It's like, really, I do, it was, let's say I sell it, right? Yeah. Or I don't sell it, and I hold, right? I buy more or whatever. Is it really going to go down to like five bucks? Yes. Good. <laughs> I like it your could. mentality, too. You know, and then, how much Diamond is that hands, for you? Baby. It's like it's already gone down from 30 or whatever. It's like <sighs> the, the thing is this, is that I, I was ready to pay Jack $500 to sell it at $17 a share. Wow. When it was trading at 17 I think you said something, Graham, it's already down 50%. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to go down It's to not going to go, yeah. Uh, so I am I have a superstition. Yeah. The moment Jack sells Robin Hood, the crash is going to be over. Oh, that, and wow, I think, that will be the bottom. I the think you could, in. <laughs> you could save everything. You could the save Fed, the whole economy. You save the Jack. whole economy if you, if you just sell the Robin Hood stock. Oh my goodness! I'll think about it. All right. <laughs> wow. This I'll think is, about this it. This is intense. Jack, if I, I went in really heavy on Robin Hood. What if I paid you five hundred dollars? <laughs> well, I'll think about it. That's about as much money I have in Robin Hood now. Right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. It's like six thousand shares. Yeah. <laughs> Would you do it if I gave you five hundred bucks? Uh, I'll think about it, Graham. You wouldn't even do it. Think about it. Would you want to throw in on this? No, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> to, you know. to bottom the market? No, because yeah. I'm still buying. You want, you want the stocks to continue year, going down? Okay. Yeah, so can, <laughs> exactly. No, are you paying Jack to keep it? <laughs> you would be like, I'll pay five hundred. <laughs> keep yeah, it. Keep it. <laughs> oh gosh, Alex, I want to know about you, man. What do you plan on doing with your money for the rest of 22? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm actually considering uh, taking out money of the market. Uh, now that's only because uh, my wife and I are potentially looking to buy a house. Mm -hmm. um, I talked to Graham. Uh, right now, luckily, most of our things were still doing pretty good, um, and so just for the stability, I could miss out on a you know on a big run. Um, but I think once we know for sure the time frame, uh, so probably within the next six months or so, we'll know. Um, that's when we'll decide whether we want to take the money out or or not um okay mr alex did you not see this right here i don't know if we can see that clearly or not uh, that's kevin no i did not what what, what mr kevin now says, is not the time now is in all caps not the time to buy real estate he posted that one hour ago because i went on youtube before i came over and that was the number one thing suggested to me so when you like listen okay I know Kevin gets hate for things. That man knows about real estate. Okay. I don't I don't want to hear anybody talk down about Kevin on real estate. That man knows real estate as well as anybody, right? If Kevin says don't buy real estate, Alex, you really want to do it? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yes. So you're saying you know more than Kevin about real estate. Oh, whoa, whoa. I never, <laughs> I never said that. I never said that. No, I, I just, you know with the way that 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 the rates are going and, and i just i don't see that house prices are going to come down a significant amount um i think that inventory is still going to stay tight for a little while and i mean you know i'd say you know if it's not if i'm not looking to buy a rental mm -hmm. and i'm looking for a home for me and my wife that we're going to hold you know at least minimum for the next eight to ten years uh mm -hmm. i'd say it doesn't matter. And, okay. And that's, yeah, that's my point. Yeah. So. I, th I think the big thing is uh, for anyone looking to buy is to negotiate. I mean, no matter, there's always going to be a deal out there. And uh, 
and even Kevin would know this. There's there's mm-hmm. always a wedge pro- wedge property out there. There's always something. There's always a seller in distress. There's always going to be an opportunity to buy. There're going to be deals out there. There's going to be opportunities. And do I think it's going to take more time? Absolutely. But um, you know, if we're saying overall, I wouldn't be shocked if the market goes down a little bit, but yeah. I do think there are opportunities out there. And I think during times where there's uncertainty and people are not buying, it's just where you look. Okay. Alex, from 07 to 2011 here in Vegas, real estate prices dropped over 50%. That's fine. I mean, like okay. I said, uh, I'm not looking to buy, you know, a crazy, you know, rental or anything. Yeah. And I think if I'm holding out, you know, like I said, minimum eight to 10 years, um, I don't see a way that, well, I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> yeah. I, based on, on history, I don't see that happening. Okay. Um, where I would end up losing, um, especially like Graham said, if I, you know, if I find a good deal, it's not like I'm just going to, you know, overpay for a house. First of all, I can't afford to, to overpay for a house. Yeah. Um, I think, um, you know, but with the way that, that, that the supply is, um, especially in the Vegas market, um, I, I just, I think it'll be softening around the U S but especially for the Vegas market, I think I would be okay to, to buy a home. Yeah. 2008 was so different i mean mm-hmm. that would be people were being foreclosed on i don't think we're going to see foreclosures yeah well, my parents got okay. foreclosed yeah. on in 2008 yeah yeah um yeah and my wife's uh family as well and a close friend of mine out here in vegas he did either short sale or mm-hmm. foreclosure the one thing i would say is um if i was buying real estate i would put the most minimum amount down as i possibly could right now just for the mere fact that kind of hedging in case uh, we get in one of those scenarios. You can walk away. That's and actually where I dis- for a long Yeah, time. that's actually where I agree with you, and I disagreed mm. with Jack because okay. when Jack was buying, he was putting like a ton of money down. Well, you put twenty. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, but to me, I I see more value in um, holding my money and being able to leverage it, especially at the uh, interest rate that the the Jack got locked in, uh, versus putting up all my money up front. I mean, I. Again, it's a personal choice of how much you want to leverage, um, but I would have put not the minimum amount down, but you know I probably would have put about anywhere between eight to ten percent. Uh, then you're paying PMI, and you're not going to get a conventional rate like Jack. Jack got a primo loan. I lucked out. Yeah, two point sure. eight something like percent. Yeah. that I have some equity in the house, mm-hmm. and I lowered yeah. my mortgage payment. Also, because I just owe yeah. less on it. Yeah. So I don't know. My mortgage is like seventeen hundred bucks, right? For a pretty nice house, and I can rent out the rooms. Yeah. And it makes sense financially. Whereas if I put a lot less down, like you said, PMI, other random stuff, and I don't know. Yeah, Alex, I I just think over ten years, your chance of of not breaking even or not you know losing money over ten years is is slim. Um, short term, values are going to fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Demand is going to ebb and flow. But I think over ten years, twelve years. This is a home for you to live in and um, just find a deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Preferably something. I think it'd be interesting to find something you could fix up. Yeah, I'm actually pretty handy for the most part. Okay, so let's run through a scenario here for a moment. Let's say Alex, he, he really wants to buy a home. So he puts 5% down, let's say right now, right? Let's say we do get into a major uh, real estate crash where prices, let's say they don't drop 50% plus like they did previously, but let's say it's 30%, right? He could walk away at that time and then buy something else, right? In seven years, he'd screw his credit. Yeah. No, I would you never I would never advocate walking away from a deal just because you're underwater. Okay. 
ever. I mean, I would t- I would tell you, Alex, rent out that. First of all, you would be able to afford, hopefully you'd be able to afford the house. I mean, yeah, well, free to walk away. You to decide, man. Yeah, you and Kelsey would both have to lose your incomes, have nothing yeah. to fall back on. The lender would have to you wouldn't want to work with you on that, which which at least right now they're very accommodating for stuff like that. Yeah. So much would have to happen. And then on top of that, let's just say uh, you couldn't afford to sell it. And you're just like, then you rent it. And hopefully that's enough to cover the majority of your cost. Or you get roommates and you do what Jack is doing. You live for free. There's so mm-hmm. many different options to avoid walking away from a house. So speaking okay. about roommate, roommates, um, the house that I'm in, I, I've been rent hacking, right? And I'm going to be having an open room, so two open rooms soon. And um, my wife does not want to uh, rent those rooms out anymore. And what I was bringing in previously, so I, I gave my previous roommate a really good deal. Um, I rented her two rooms for a thousand bucks, which is like fifty percent almost of like I think what Jack charges or something like that. Wow, price gouge! Like, wow, he's calling you out. No, no, but, no, no. Jack has a, but Jack has a pool. I have a pool. Oh yeah, Jack has a pool. Yeah, no, th- definitely. I get that in a ping pong room. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying that uh, I, I think it's a really, really fair deal for, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, roommates moving out. Wife is considering not wanting roommates. Mm. So I was trying to figure out like that's a thousand bucks a month minimum that I'm like giving up on. I'm like, I'm like, how can I, how can I do that? So you know what she told me. Go get another job. I, I told her no. I, 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 I told <laughs> get her get a job. Go get back a job to work. with a real boss. I was like, I was like, I was like, honey, that's a thousand dollars a month. I was like, that's a Tesla. <laughs> and then she said, if we bought a Tesla, she would let us have roommates until the no. Tesla's paid off. Wow. No. Yes. That's tough negotiation. So I told her because first she said, first she said, just a Tesla, and I was like, but here's the deal: if you buy a Tesla and you're committed to a thousand a month, I was like, you have to have them until the Tesla is paid off. Like, let's say we move, you have to agree to have roommates until that's paid off. I don't think I think I, it's a horrible I, yeah, idea. I, th- I don't know if I want to do that because that's an ex- like a whole liability. Um, so I'm trying to see if we can like you know like oh I'll take you on a cruise. You know? Yeah, that is that is a ball and chain for the next five years to pay down oh, a yeah. car, taking on debt. For a roommate that doesn't exist, who may not pay you, yes, and you have a situation like uh, like we had uh, so like a Jason negoti- on with word negotiation, yes. Well, also finding like a mortgage the, yeah. with a like a you know however a seven hundred dollar a month car payment is going like, to make that like yeah, that's drastically true. more challenging. See, that's the thing. Jack brings up a really good yeah, point. When you get a mortgage, they're counting that debt. They're not counting the income you make. Well, yeah, yeah I'm sure there are ways to add in, but but they're not looking at that in your future home and saying, oh well, you could rent out the bedrooms. I see. I like the relationship questions like this because this is interesting. Because yeah. Alex wants the thousand a month. Kelsey, or, so, so Alex wants it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, w- I want to know what your opinion on this. Yeah. Like, obviously, compromise is good in most situations. Like, you have to be financially compatible with your partner yeah. if you want to have a successful relationship. But let's say one person is just objectively bad with finances. One person is just objectively good. The objectively good person knows what to do, right? Like in this situation, I just, I just think it's not the smart idea no, to be buying a Tesla, right? Like, no, like, you know, we, we never you could said be saving. Like, yeah, we never said. Th- uh, yeah, we're in, we're in like negotiation, right? But <laughs> so this the, is the negotiation. But, yeah. right? So she's asking a lot. It's, he's got a counter. Yeah, I got yeah. a counter. Like my next move is like you know a cruise you know they can pay itself in like one and a half months but um i think jack to, to your point i don't think that that's the argument here though because the argument would be different if we couldn't afford the entire rent of the house um the current argument is what the wife wants versus what i want obviously and would it strain us financially no but 
I, I, obviously I think more sense. first of all, I think a, a payment on a Tesla would seriously no, 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 yeah, no, it's not no, the Tesla. No, it's no I'm not, not talking Tesla, about the yeah. Tesla, Jack. I'm talking about the losing out on the thousand dollars a month from a from a roommate. That's what I'm talking about. Because yeah. I, I didn't say I you didn't know, say. You, you know what I would do? Here's what I would do. Say, honey, we're gonna get a roommate, but <laughs> the thousand dollars a month that comes in, we're gonna put this into our special account, and over the next five years. Thousand dollars a month. That's going to be sixty thousand dollars. Well, guess what? In five years from now, you and I can use that money as a down payment on a house, or if we have a down payment already, that could boost us up. That could be our entire renovation budget for the next five years. And all we have to do is just live with somebody else. You yeah, that's what I would you say. Can you sound like Dave Ramsey. <clears throat> you could allocate yeah. less. Like you could always say, okay, let's say we generate a thousand dollars from these two rooms. You could say. 30% of it is free spend and you can go and spend it on stuff. Like I still feel like that would be or, better than or, spending yeah. the entire thing. On or you could say out of the thousand dollars, you get 250, I get 250 and the rest is uh, the savings for the house. Yeah. Well, you right. have joint like um, everything. Alex? Yeah, I know, but yes. I figured it's, there's a reason these guys aren't married. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, Jeremy, Jeremy let yeah, us know. Yeah. We're, we're talking about something very, very serious. You're talking about people living with you right and for i know women a lot of women do not want that situation regardless of money unless it's such an obscene amount of money right that they're just not willing to do that and so it doesn't the thousand dollars if it doesn't really mean that to her you don't want to put that necessarily that strain on the relationship because you don't want her to be miserable or just like in a bad place for a year, two years, whatever, just to make an extra thousand bucks. Because there's a lot of things in this world you could do, you could make money from, right? <clears throat> and to give up your living space um, is a is a big thing. And even myself, I never have been the type that wanted roommates. And I understand you can live cheaper and things like that. I'm not that type of person, and I just know there's a lot of uh, females specifically that don't like having roommates, and they don't want that. And so, you know, to, to push that issue, it depends. I, you know, I don't know your wife like that, but I'm just saying, like, to really push that issue, it can cause bigger problems and it can cause more serious problems that, you know, are way beyond $1,000 a month. Yeah. I was just assuming yeah. that, yes, it's a given that they will move someone in. It's just a matter of will they spend that $1,000 in But I, yeah. I do agree. It's like, as far as the decision goes to actually go through and move someone in, of course, oh, yeah, you, you should can't never force anything. But, to do that. But they've had a really good experience with their last roommate. It yeah. really enjoyed you know, it. You, but you could why, Airbnb, why? Alex, and you could try it for like three oh, nights, seems, four nights. That seems worse. Well, no, yeah, he's moving in a random person anyways, worse. right? No, it wouldn't be a random no, person. No, I, I think it'd be somebody that, that at least I know. I mean, it's... How, it's yeah. how strongly does your wife feel about this situation, about not having roommates? That's a great question. I think that she definitely does not that's why she that's why her ask was so big right mm -hmm. like i said it as a joke like oh a thousand dollars a month like that's a tesla like it, i think that she definitely does not want roommates that's why the ask was so big and and that's why i i said jack sometimes it's not about like the money smart person making all the, fi the financial decisions uh because when it comes down to it we technically don't need the extra thousand and she would be happier like jeremy said and with, um, I don't know, this must be common among, among women. She does not feel comfortable with everybody living with her, right? We mm -hmm. got lucky that we found our last roommate. Mm -hmm. And um, ha finding, you know, a roommate might be a little bit challenging 
Yeah, yeah, yeah just leave it feel. open. And then if yeah. someone comes along that yes. you're comfortable living with, I like then that. in that case, move them in. But, but yeah, definitely. Like, seriously, I would say it's objectively worse for you to move someone in just to buy a Tesla, right? Even if or you just basically for the guarantee month, that yeah. they'll be able to afford the payment, that's just, I think that's just objectively worse than leaving it open. Yeah, you got to find the right person. It's not worth it any person for a thousand. But if you find yeah. the right person. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think yeah. that's why we gave our last roommate like such a good deal, just because. We didn't care if it was a little bit yeah. lower than market rate. It's just Alex, like, you're going to get so many applications right now. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in Las Vegas who wants one room. Graham goes guys. there on occasion, guys. I do. Oh I show up there. Gosh. And Alex, this means maybe your garage Alex, spot is open, doesn't it? You know huh. what? Yeah, Graham's been trying to uh, weasel his way into my garage and rent a, <laughs> a car space because he just bought... Uh, you announced it, right, Graham? Uh, you, you mentioned it, I didn't. I think, yeah, I uh, didn't announce it. Actually. Okay, well, he bought a car. Yeah, I bought that, another car. You know, and he needs a, a, a place to keep it. And uh, I told him, no, Graham. I like to uh, work in the workshop, and my roommate has the other the other side. <laughs> Guess so. what? No roommate. No, no mm. roommate. Alex, you said it's two rooms, right? Uh yeah. I'm thinking about moving in with the kids. If that's all right with you, I need to buy the dip. And I need to save as much money as possible. I'm thinking I could rent my house for maybe. What do you think I could get for that over there, Graham? Well, it's next to Graham, so a there's month? a premium. No, 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 no. seven thousand. I would say sixty-five, seven. It's a three million dollar house. No, it's not three million dollars. It's at least no, two it's eight. Not. Yes, it is. <laughs> it just got appraised. It got appraised at two four. Oh, but that's low. <laughs> no, it, that's <laughs> low. Come on. <laughs> Honestly, man, I'm I'm realistic. I just got to praise that high. That's Two, way low. That I, yeah, you got a good appraisal. You got a good appraisal, that's man. That's horrible. No, I think Did you, you got a great appraisal. Out? Yeah, but that's a horrible appraisal. <laughs> I think it's you a, pulled too money out of your house. Yes, to, to invest in dip? stocks. Yeah. Holy crap! I pulled money out of uh, the Santa Monica house. To buy stocks? No, not to buy stocks. No, to, I no, lowered buy the cars and watches. Yeah, no, no, I, <laughs> it worked out in that place because I was I lowered my interest rate and got yeah, money but back. You got a higher yeah. interest rate. Uh, right around the same. Three, really? Three one. Three one. It's not bad on a, on a casual. No. Yeah, three one is is that. That's a horrible appraisal. The house is worth two eight to three grams. If if you get three, I'll give you a. I'm not going to sell the house, Gosh. but let's just say. I was about to say I'd give you a hundred thousand dollars if you okay. get three million for that $1, house. A thousand dollars for every two hundred is usually a safe number. So if, if it's a $1 million house, you should be able to get five. If it's a $2 million house, I've looked, which is way I've low looked, ball I've number. looked at the rental market here. The rental market is not is, is so soft, about $5,000 a month, because those people are buying houses. They're not renting. Would you sell this house right here? This is, for everyone that doesn't know, this is the neighboring house to Jeremy's house. Fairly, yeah. fairly similar. Would you sell this house for two point five? No, because I have nowhere to move to. Hmm. No. If, if I got $3 million for this house, I would... The hard part is, is, is that extra profit worth the hassle of moving again? And the answer to me is yeah, probably the not. Yeah, sure, the time. Yeah, it's probably not because I'm happy here. But at $3 million, I would seriously contemplate that offer. It's just, where would we go? And um, Alex's rooms. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm taking those rooms, man. Yeah. Okay, so what can yeah. I get for over there, Graham? Re what, for rent? Yeah. 65 to 7. Wow, that'd be really low, but I'll still, that's, that's a great number. That's what that's it. what you could realistically get. Are you I factoring think. in the marketing factor of you get to live next to Graham? So you get to bother him oh, that's true. whenever yeah. you want. You just walk over and... No, but Alex, I'm thinking about moving in with you, uh, if that's okay. Right. Like, I could... Oh, you know, you know why six thousand dollars a month Jeremy, stocks? You, you know why I know this? Um, there's a property that came on the market. I think I showed it to you. Uh -huh. It was like four million dollars. Okay. And out of curiosity, I thought because I wouldn't sell, I wouldn't want to yeah. sell this because yeah. I wouldn't want to give it the loan. And I thought, 
what can I rent this house for if I decided to buy that? Because I don't want to. I don't want to keep this empty. I don't want to sell it. I want to keep it. And around that 65, 75 number. Wow. That's, that's where I came up with. Dang. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And then I'm like, well, you know, it's it. These properties as a rental do not make any sense. It's yeah. at a price point people are buying. The rentals. Four hundred and fifty and lower, five hundred thousand lower. That's when you start to make a good ROI. Yeah, and we were talking about right. this other night. I can't imagine paying like six thousand or seven thousand dollars in rent. Like that just seems insane. Graham doesn't. He can wrap his head around it because he yeah. comes from LA. But like for me, like oh my gosh, I remember when I moved to Vegas. I knew somebody that lived in a house in Seven Hills. They paid seventy seven hundred dollars a month in rent, and like I just could never yeah. imagine paying that much. In you rent. know what the a difference? Is yeah. one thing. The difference with LA is it seems like people come there for a few years for work. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense for them to buy, or okay. they'd relocate to Los Angeles, and for a year or two they want to rent. Here, pe people move here as as like this is the final place yeah. that they're going to be staying. Mm -hmm. It's not a place where I'm going to work in Vegas for a year or two and then leave. Well, and it so. used to be a little bit of a different city. It used to be a little more. Uh, they they called it the word was uh, I don't know transient or something like that. Transient. Where, yeah, people were coming in and out, come and go. Um, but yeah, yeah, you bring up a great point there. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with the rental market over time, but. I don't know, man. I think about moving in with Alex. You got you want two, three kids next next to your room, Alex? How about uh, you that? You know, the wife's probably going to have a premium for that one. Oh, know? premium! Yeah. Oh my! Probably gosh. like probably like I feel three like Jeremy's actually serious, one. but it's not because he's trying to raise money. It's just because the stock market's just been terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like he's like I want to buy. No, yeah. he's trying to save money. He's, he's trying, trying to survive. Extra like six k at, a at month one point in stocks. Why uh, would you ever move back to the other house? Um, and then say and then save the difference no, and plow it all work <laughs> really? to move everything back yeah but i could rent that other house for a really good number so but i'm gonna sell that other house so i can put that money in the market i'm telling you man i'm going heavy 22 there's no one cash thing that i don't yeah. understand jeremy yes is why is there not one single inkling that's like that, that's telling you hey man why don't you just preserve a little bit of what you made? <laughs> I, I would love that. You did, you I did would love so that. well. You made so much money, but yeah. for some reason, you're still incredibly aggressive in the market. And I it's like, if, I feel like if anyone else was in your situation, <laughs> they'd be like, yo, three million bucks. Like, I really like the equity in my house. Like, yeah. I like these things that I have. I yeah. don't want to uh, like take it out. You know, why are you still so aggressive in the market? Like, is there a reason you're just chasing more money or what? Yeah, I would say that. Like the reason I'm gonna make a so you want to be more money, and more rich. Disgusting. Yes. So it's either you want to be rich or broke. Uh, well, no matter what, <laughs> it's not gonna be broke <laughs> unless all my companies go bankrupt. Or. Yeah. So yeah, it'll never um, be broke. I mean, there, yeah. there, everything would have to drop like ninety percent. It's not gonna happen. No, even then, yeah. I'd still be rich. If every if all well, my stocks fell ninety percent, I'd still be yeah, rich. you'd still be rich. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, all my companies would have to go bankrupt. PayPal, Facebook, the difference Tattoo between Chef, one honest. to three million is a lot though, and the difference between three and like ten, I feel like isn't gonna make that much of a lifestyle change. Oh, it does. Yeah. Three and ten versus yes. one and three. Yes. I feel like one um, and three is a big one, uh, yeah. uh no, yeah, definitely one and three is, is bigger lifestyle, but three to ten is absolutely substantial. But at least yeah. to support yeah. the lifestyle that you guys are currently living. It's like one yes. to three, right? Yes. Rather than three to ten. Oh yeah. I'm, I see what you yeah. mean. Yeah, you're right, Jack. I'm pretty yeah. aggressive. I, I signed two houses during peak Rona. You know, when everybody was scared out of their minds about real estate was going to crash and we we're going to have unemployment at 20% for the next three years, I signed two houses. I'm not even a real estate person. Like, I, I'd only owned one house at that time and I signed two. Um, so I play a little more aggressively than most. I don't play like Robin Hood aggressive where I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm going all in on some short term call options or right. something well, that's like that. Yeah. Dangerous. So, yeah. well, that's all. Yeah. There's like levels of risk. I feel like I'm the right level of risk for me. 
Um, you know, that, that's me. I, but, I, until yeah. when, right? Oh, man, I don't know. I, I, I'm so hungry still. That's the thing. And I can't, the, the hardest thing for me is to look at an asset and say, I think this asset's going to appreciate dot, dot, dot over the next three years, five years, whatever. And to sit on my hands. I would rather that asset goes down short term. I'd even rather be wrong about that asset long term than be like, I, I loved that whatever. And I passed on it because I'd rather hold cash or an extra level of cash or something like that. Like for me, that that, that eats me up more than not knowing I knew that was going to go up. I knew that was going to happen. And like, I didn't do anything about it. That hurts me the most. So, and I've had that happen with stocks before where I sat on my hands or time periods when I sat on my hands more and I wasn't as aggressive. And um, yeah, so so that's just that's just kind of my name of the game, you know, but um, it's not for everybody. I will say that. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that if they were in my position, they would definitely play it much more conservative. Like, oh, let's just go index funds. Let's get our whatever percent or dividends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that's why it all comes down to like, everybody's different, right? Um, you know, Graham, you look at your portfolio and say, I got 6%, is it 6% of your net worth, did you say, was in Bitcoin? Yeah. Okay, 6%. Another person might look at that and they say, that's insane, man. Bitcoin's worthless. Like, how could you have 6%? Another person's like, dude, why you only got 6%? Like, Bitcoin's the future. You need to have, like, at least 16%. So... Yeah, that's know, true. Man. Everybody's a little different. Right. What, what do you what would you do if you were in my shoes, Jack? If I were in your shoes, mm-hmm. well, I don't know how much money you have. <laughs> Nobody so, does, Jack. So how much money you have? Really hard. Like, let's Gosh, just assume that you have 10 million bucks. Okay. That's your worth. 10 okay. million bucks. I would honestly, bro, five million. I would have it in like safe stuff. And you can okay. still dabble. Like, there's so much upside potential still with five million dollars, right? Yeah. And if you're wrong, you're not screwed. Yeah. But if you're wrong and you're doing nine and a half million or nine million when you're own when you have ten million, if you're wrong, you're pretty screwed. Yeah. Right? The upside difference between nine and a half million and five million, if you're investing, it's not going to make that much of a difference uh, that much of a difference as doing five million and losing out on that five million or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I see what you're saying. I think some of it comes back to like how long you want to play the game of money for business investing, things like that. And I think it also comes back to um, even even more than that, the confidence level that if you took a big loss, you could recover from it. I think that's another big factor. Like, let's say you won the lottery for 10 million, right? And you were you never had any money. Well, shoot, if you lose that ten million, you know. Yeah. Well, first off, after taxes, it's probably five million. You 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 don't have the skills to build a business or or invest. You don't know anything about that, right? For me, I'm like, even if I all my stocks fail, like all of them, which would be devastation to the entire economy if for that to happen. Um, like like worse than the Great Depression, in my opinion. But um, if that were to happen, like I can make it back. I'm yeah, totally but are confident. you really going to have the energy to? Like, just think about how much effort yeah. and how much time and your kids and they're going mm-hmm. older and maybe yeah. you're, you know, you have a new kid, right? Yeah. It's like, you have a new one. Are you really going to have all the energy, especially considering your family point. to do that? And maybe right now you yeah. may think you do, but the, the future is uncertain and yeah. to not prepare yourself for the worst case scenario in the future. While still, it's like the difference in upside between five and nine and a half is not going to be that much difference, but you can't yeah. risk losing nine and a half would be so much worse than the amount of enjoyment you get out of like yeah. you know betting five or whatever but i'm going for billions why <laughs> i'm playing a different yeah. game i, I want to be stupid rich like like you can't even imagine like how much money i have like 
just crazy. So that's where I'm trying to go. I mean, I think you yeah. already got there because we don't even know how much money. You yeah, have. <laughs> Maybe it could be hundred mil. We have no idea. No, 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 no. It's not hundred mil. But uh, no, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm trying to go to like crazy numbers. Like, and I'm not satisfied till I get to like the most crazy numbers. Like, wow, he really. What if like, you're never that satisfied? Much. That's a possibility. I could have fifty billion and still be like, oh, I'm getting to a hundred, man. <laughs> Elon's at one trillion now. I got to catch him. So it's a race for me. One other thing that you mentioned earlier that I should have interjected on was like Kathy Wood and how you can say, oh, in a certain time, she's going to be doing extremely well. Everyone's praising her. And then you let a little bit more time go by and then everyone's attitude towards her shifts and they they hate her because she loses money. More time goes by. She starts doing really well and people start loving her. Mm -hmm. Maybe more time goes away. She goes down again. Right. Like what range of time? Are you actually going to set to say you're right within this amount of time? We're going to give you kudos, right? Yeah. Like you've done well, right? Is it 20 years? Is it 50? Yeah. Is it your entire life? Ooh. What range of time is it where you're actually right? Because like you said, yeah. people will always be up and down. It's true. And we just talked about Warren Buffett and Kathy Wood who have completely different investing styles. Yeah. They're the same. They go up and down. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I, I think I think when it's all said and done, you look over a 20 or 30 year span. Uh, I think in the short term, people are very judgmental of either people or stocks or crypto or whatever it is, right? Um, but but yeah, that's a great point. I mean, for me, I look at everything kind of different. I always look at my stocks like a three to five year time horizon. And if I didn't make money in that stock, you know, by year four or year five, that was a failed investment. Um, if that stock didn't actually outperform the market, it was a failed investment. And I'm like, dang, I made a mistake there. Um but you'd say so, it takes 30 years of true success in beating the market over range. Of course, you, maybe sometimes it'll be worse, sometimes better, but overall better over 30 years is what um, it takes to truly be like. Yeah, I think a decade would be would be good um, to be judged as an investor over a decade. Two decades is, is pretty impactful if you're judging on kind of that. Um, I don't know if you were talking a little bit more about the, the macro level of like mm-hmm. overall wealth and sure. things like that. But I think most people that you really respect, they performed at a high level for actually several decades. That's whether it's business people, investors, you know, if you think about some of the people we we respect the most, right? Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, um, the greatest of the great investors, those people did it for decades. They didn't just do it for a year or two, they did it for decades. And that's why we respect them so much, not just because they got rich, but because they performed at a high level for decades. Um, So same thing in sports and you know, you guys aren't the biggest sports fans, but the ones that are always the ones that are remembered as the greatest, those are the ones that performed at a high level for 10, 15, mm-hmm. 20 years. Anybody that, that performed great, you could have won an they have MVP. three seasons that yeah. like they're the MVP. No but, one remembers them. Yeah. I mean, maybe the super diehard fans, but people don't remember that. you got to be great over a long period of time. That's how you really get that respect, if that's what you're going for. For mm-hmm. me, the respect doesn't really matter. I just want the big numbers. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, yeah, everybody's playing for a little, little different. I play differently than other people, so... Um, Graham, mm. you're, you're going to hit big numbers, man. You're at big numbers. You're going to hit bigger mm. numbers. You I know, safe. but the more money I get, the safer I generally want to play it. Yeah, and I think that's how, I don't want to say that's how a lot of rich people are, but that's how a group of, of wealthy people are. But you, you don't. You, there's nothing out there that says you want to become a billionaire necessarily or something. No. Okay. No. You just always want to live a comfortable life, um, sleep well at night, have plenty of money. And in those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like when a good opportunity, well, good deal comes. I like the deals. When okay. A good deal comes up. You know, like like the car. Yeah. 
If I could if, if I got that car because you know it's I believe in that car. It's it's a good yeah. one. I like being able to get a good deal because you could yeah, be the opportunities. You could be a billionaire. Nah. You're so young. No, nah, no, no. Oh man. Realistically, you could be no, a multi-billionaire. no, no, no. I think realistically, absolutely. When you're that young and you have that much money already, and you have the skills you have. I mean, I don't think there's a lot. You've, you've revealed your net worth before publicly. How many people at 32 have that sort of net worth? I don't know. Very slim amount. Like 0. 0.000001%. But if I could place it all in a fund that guarantees like inflation plus 3% a year for the rest of it, I would probably take it. If you, if you put your entire yeah. net worth into a fund that got 8% a year, when would you hit billionaire status? A long time, probably. I think it would happen at some point. That'd be fun to pull up on a calculator. Uh -huh. If you put your entire net worth in a, just a something that mirrored the S&P and it, let's say got 8% a year, when would you hit billionaire status? I think that's a, that could be a cool number. To know. Jeremy, this may be kind of an inappropriate question. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Oh, but no. if you had to place your bets, okay. where do you think Graham stops at least wealth wise? Well, well he shared with me Pat in the past, I think it was a hundred. I think no, but like, million. sure. That's what he wants. Oh, okay. Where do you think he will make it? Oh, what do, you, what do you? Oh, if you had to place your bets, so, your okay. on Graham. Oh, fifty. Shoot. So fifty-five years. Fifty-five years is how long it would take at an eight percent interest rate to hit a billion dollars. Okay, so you'd be eighty-seven. Yeah, but by then, by the time that happens, a billion is a billion. Be that's, <laughs> what's that? It's not respected. Gosh, like what's that. what's that going to be? Now, if we take eight percent, we minus three percent a year. We we really take a net five yeah, percent. Yeah. yeah, buying power. What's that going to be? It's yeah. significantly long. It's like I'm going to be long gone. Yeah, unless but unless I could live forever. Well, I was going to say, how much longer do you see yourself uh, going hard? Let's say and, and really making a big income and and like trying and things like that. Do you have a like a few years, of, five years, really? Years? Yeah. Wow, that's I've, pretty it's, short. I'm sure it'll evolve. Yeah. Well, I don't okay. want to. I, I know that the schedule that I'm doing is unsustainable. I just mm. I can't do it. Nor do I want to do it for that. Like like the feeling of indefinite. 12 hour days yeah. every it's like that that's miserable to me yeah so I, I seven years from yeah, now, yeah listen i <laughs> i enjoy i enjoy it now and yeah. I, will, I will continue doing it as long as i enjoy it and if it becomes if if the pain from doing that over uh, overrides the enjoyment that i have and the fun i'm not going to do it anymore okay and it's so simple for me do i have fun do i enjoy it yes do it if not then i'm not gonna do it okay but okay yeah. let, let's say today i don't know you had a hundred million dollars or whatever right like, what would you do on a daily basis? Like, what are you doing to fill that time? I'd go to the gym and then okay. probably the iced coffee. <laughs> you still would do coffee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do it. Don't matter how much you have. Yeah, I would do the iced coffee hour on the road. On the road? Yeah. Wow. If unlimited money. Yeah, iced coffee hour on the road. Get private a big. Jet. Yeah. No, no, no. Probably. I, I think getting a killer RV, like a really nice Ooh, RV with one of those tow, yes. tow things where we could take this set and a tow thing on the back. Yeah. RV it and visit all 50 states. Oh, that would be I would cool. I'd love to do that. And just every state, just yeah. spend like two weeks in each state and just like checking out what's around. I'm sure we'd be able to find such oh, cool yeah. guests. Oh, that would be awesome. That's what would I would you do. go for that ride, Jack? I have no idea where I'm going to be at that point okay. in my life, but probably. If yeah. I gave you $5 million today and you could never do anything on social media for the rest of your life, would you take that deal? You would have to give up everything social media for app for the rest of your life. Is that before tax or after tax? That it, let's do after tax. All right, five million. Five tax. million bucks. Five million. Oh, this is disappointing. <laughs> it's really disappointing. Oh boy! Oh boy! I like to think like 
like I wouldn't have purpose without work. Okay. You know, and I think that purpose is what gives people happiness. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I would be so dumb to say <laughs> no to that. You yeah. Know? So think about all the options trades on Robinhood you could do with that five million. Five million dollars. <laughs> yes. Can Graham continue the iced coffee hour? By himself, yeah. But you can't ever do anything on what about media for the, the rest of your life. But he could work behind the scenes. Yeah, can I do behind the scenes stuff on the iced coffee hour? Uh you could, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I just maybe. couldn't be physically present. Nope. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, you I would tell make you. Any tell money you from do it, it, though. Yeah. yeah. Graham agrees with me. That that would be the smart thing. Yeah. If okay. if you're behind the scenes, but you, well, you can't make money from social media, yeah, so you couldn't make, make any money from it. Nope. From social media? No, nope. yeah, I'd still do it. Oh, yeah, you're they do it because you're still okay. getting the purpose. Yeah, I mean, $5 yeah. million. Dollars, save save right, me like, money. If, if <laughs> I got 4% on that, <laughs> that's, that's still, more that's for me. Money. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. More moolah for yeah. me to get closer. I, I don't know if you would really keep showing up when you got that much money and you're not getting paid. That would be interesting. I know a lot of people would say No, of course, I would for sure, all of the back end. I would leave you, of course, but like I would hire it out so it's all taken care of. Okay. But yeah, I would love to travel with Graham. If I, if I didn't yeah. have to worry about money at all, traveling yeah. around the United States I think so. sounds yes, amazing. Hour. That, that, that I think is a long-term goal. have to worry about money, okay. that makes me a little hesitant. Yeah, yeah that would be fun. Like I remember I watched, uh, I think it was Innie's, Yulsmeyer, uh, did yep. one on Innes. some crazy RV. It had a little car that came out of yep. it. Yep, a little smart car. It. Yeah, yeah, that was million so dollars. cool. It, oh, it's a million dollars for yeah. one of those? Wow. Yeah, that would be cool. You guys. Yeah. You could sick. find amazing used ones or or not even that for like 250, 300 grand that are amazing you don't need something like that yeah all right alex what's your number over there your number to my number for what you can never uh work with graham ever again oh, for the gosh. rest of your life like 200k like, yeah <laughs> Man, just give me 50 <laughs> yeah. give me i mean how much do you got 50 there, grand yeah. <laughs> bar is pretty low over here all right two million dollars never again uh after tax after tax Oh, Alex, I tell you, I That's tell you. Um, in my head, it makes sense to do it because here's the okay. thing. I would be set for life. Yeah. Like, I, tell you I, like I would like I love doing what I do and I, I have confidence that, you know, I can grow in the space. But two million bucks set for life, not having to worry. I mean, you know, I would probably do it. Yeah. Okay. But guess what? We okay. asked you, Jeremy, there's not going to be any amount. There's no amount. Yeah, there's no. What if, what if I just said you can never trade stocks again? Oh, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I couldn't. What do about it. what about you could only buy an index fund? Oh <laughs> no! No, really. Is there is there an amount where if I gave you ten million dollars and said you sell Definitely all the individual not for stocks? 10 million. Definitely really? not. No, it's a hundred percent no. Twenty. No, I would start considering at a hundred. Oh, Jeremy. Yes. Uh, no get out of here. Yeah. Because I, I love it that much. <laughs> I love. It. I know it sounds crazy, but like to not listen to conference calls. But you could and paper like, trade. You could still listen to all of that. You no, just can't buy the them. Same. You just can't buy them. You could do all the work you are, except when you click the buy button, you just no. click anywhere else on the screen. <laughs> well, they have they have like those stock simulator apps. Yeah. So you just you know you <laughs> just be on stock same. simulators and be like, guys, look, I'm ranked number three in the world. Yeah. yeah. That's like that's like saying. Uh, yeah, you can eat this pizza, but you can't really eat this pizza. You just kind of like almost touch it and put it in your mouth. Well, you can put it in your mouth, but not swallow it. <laughs> no, I think it's different than that. I think uh, it's like the the argument of like, okay, you could buy a real life Ferrari for, you know, whatever they cost, $600,000. Or we're like living 30 years <laughs> in the future. <laughs> we're, we're living, you know, 30 years in the future. Yeah. And you can buy a digital Ferrari for like, two thousand dollars and the experience that you get is literally like 99 percent the same what yeah. would you do oh yeah that's a good question so. yeah i mean with me with stocks it's just it's that hunt 
that hunt for the next stock that I think is going to be the next big one. That to me is so fun, man. And, and I, most people will not understand that, but that feeling when you research a new company and you're like, oh my gosh, like this one, this one's going to be the next big one. That feeling is, is, is something I can't really describe. And some people don't care, but some people do. So right. anyways, cool. at, for you, those of you watching at home, yeah. what's your number? You never work again. Tell us your number in that comment section. We'd love to hear from you guys as always. Well, thank you guys again. We really appreciate it. Uh, Jack, we'll link to your information down below in the description as our lovely guest, Alex, wait, who's wait, editing. Wait, 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 wait. When it comes to Jack, what do we link to for him? Is this like a is Tinder it? profile? <laughs> we'll link to your <laughs> Tinder account. By- <laughs> well, Imagine. Can you, can, you, can, you link to, can you link to Tinder accounts? You can. Can you, Jack? Can you? No, you can't. No, you you cannot can't. link to Tinder <laughs> profiles. No. Oh, it's just everyone just swipes right. <laughs> how about this, how about this like a thing if uh <laughs> if you're if you're a lovely female in las vegas and you want to take jack on a date go ahead and just uh message him on instagram no, what's what's okay. the let's see what let's see what the audience <laughs> looks this, like here how's this appropriate <laughs> every time I, all right what's the what's the demographic let's see what the demographic is really quick before right. we say this okay. uh wow 92% male. <laughs> we got 8% female, though. For the 8% of you. For the 8% of you. Of you. That's yeah. still a lot. Listen, yeah. on 100,000 views, that's 8,000. Yeah, but you have to think about it this way. What percent of the 8% are in Las Vegas? Okay, wait, wait. What percent of the 8% 67. are in my age range? So, so right? here's the deal. What percent of the 8% are not taken? So of the 8%, 67% are in the United States. So that's 5,360 that are in the U.S., Okay. Uh, of the age brackets, 50%. Well, no, we have 60% between the ages of 18 and 34. So we'll take 60. So that's 3,200 between the ages of uh, 18 and 34. <laughs> okay. Well, I think my upper bracket is going to be a little lower than 34. <laughs> Uh, and then wait, 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 go 40. That's wait, wait, 50% wait, wait. of my life. Like the difference right there. Like, <laughs> oh, Jack, stop it. You know, you go 40 plus if it's the right one, you know, now I'm going to find out. <laughs> you know me, man. <laughs> you know me. I'm not better than that, man. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. All right. So the population of Las Vegas is 700,000. Okay. Uh, so how many people in, so 700,000, uh, wait, hold on. So if 300 million people in the United States, 700,000, uh, 428, 428. Mad math. Yeah. So 0.23% of the population lives in Las Vegas. 0.23. That are female between 18 and 38. So if 32 people, what, what, is, what did I say? 0.23? Yeah. 0.23. Oh, wait, wait. You should have screen recorded your phone so we could put all this so in the video. So it's 0. 0. Wait, wait, 0.0023. Yeah. Wait, that's not right. Hold yeah, on. No, <laughs> th- wait, 30, so it's 3,100 point times 0. 0.0023. It's like seven four. people. Yeah. Seven? <laughs> Se- okay. So we, seven? So we have 7.36 of you. Yeah. Female between the ages of 18 and 30. Statistically. Yeah. For in Las Vegas. What? What about like twenty one and twenty five? Oh wait, wait, but then, but then we have to like, count single. Are they single or not? So well, let's just say that's not even the more, most half. important part. <laughs> we have three of you. We have three of you. There's yeah. three of you what that about exist between twenty one and twenty five. That's oh, eighteen that's and much. twenty and thirty four. <laughs> Right. All right. You so for the two of you, track Jack, track two from that. Just be open-minded. There's three. There's one person out there. <laughs> <laughs> and that but is you know what? That's all you need. That's all you need, Jack. Is one. One person. Just get one person. Yeah. I know nothing about it, but they're my soulmate. <laughs> but that's yeah. it. 
what if you meet someone from this? Imagine that. Yeah. You meet Imagine your you meet your soulmate from this very episode because wow. they saw that they were the divide. Well, divide. They saw that they were the one. They were. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow, that was nice, man. What? That Seriously, you yeah. found the one. Yeah, the right one point two two six six six. So there's point two six in there. What? Whatever. Anyway, we'll link to your Instagram down below in the description. <laughs> Slide in the DMs if you are if you are the one. <laughs> Please, I. One. What yes. are the chances that we got one? One. one. We got one. You just did weird math to get the one. <laughs> no, we were at three. We were and then at you just seven, divided by something. No, because we are at seven point something percent. I divided by half, assuming half are in relationships. Yeah, we got to three. Then we got to three, <laughs> and then we're saying, numbers, well, yeah, you know, numbers. under, you know, if it's between the ages of eighteen and twenty-five, and I just divided by three because the majority are between the ages of twenty-four and thirty-four, twenty-five, thirty-four. So. Roughly, there is one. Roughly one. Statistically, there's plus one. or minus one, so yep. it could be so, zero. So, Jack, we're gonna have your uh, Instagram and everything else linked down there, and Alex, <laughs> we're gonna have your pre-wedding tickets uh, down there. <laughs> Pre-register <laughs> for the wedding. Oh folks. man! Yeah, you All know right. what? I actually did get a few. So, uh, you oh know, my! If, you, if you want to pre-sign up for the pre-sale, so pre-sale, <laughs> pre-sign pre-sale. up for the pre-sale. Uh, just Gosh. go ahead and message me on Instagram. Well, yeah. All right, guys. So, with that said, thank you so much for watching, and uh, until next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.